the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Bubba fell asleep. Yeah, it's hard to believe that uh, Bill Clinton fell asleep early during the big guy's inauguration speech. It actually happened about three lines in, but, but he did. He's right there on the video, and you can see his head bobbing and weaving as uh, the big guy speaks. It's hard to believe because Chris Wallace called that the best inauguration speech he's ever heard. And he pointed out that he remembers John F. Kennedy's speech way back in 1961, which, by the way, Chris and I are the same age. I also remember. I don't have an opinion on the big guy's speech today because I didn't watch I have seen some of the highlights. Uh, He did a better job than usual reading the teleprompter, I guess you could say. The media coverage, starting with this morning, was embarrassing. I know that, not because I actually watched any of that either, but because of what I've read about it after the fact. Now, I did catch, uh, my wife has been known to watch Good Morning America for some reason, um, and I did happen to catch Robin Roberts as I was walking by the TV uh, for about 30 seconds on Good Morning America this morning, she said, I heard her say that um, that Joe Biden probably wouldn't be being inaugurated as the 46th president of the United States if not for what happened at Charlottesville back in 2017. Now, that's when President Trump supposedly said that some of the neo-Nazis who were there were nice people, which he, of course, never said. Uh, and it's been pointed out a thousand times. Robin must have missed that. But. Robin was also insinuating that those statements that um, that he was accused of making uh, hurt him with black voters. The only problem with that theory, of course, is that President Trump got more black votes in 2020 than he got in 2016. And in 2020, he got more black votes than any Republican candidate since 1960. Robin should stick to uh, celebrity interviews. Meanwhile, CNN's political... Um, Political editor David Chalian said that the sidelights on the National Mall's reflecting pool are like, are you ready? This is a quote, extensions of Joe Biden's arms embracing America. He's probably ready to get a Joe Biden memorial uh, put up there right next to the Lincoln Memorial. Now, I didn't hear him say that. Good thing, because I might have puked if I had. I read it somewhere, though. And when I did, I knew that my decision not to watch was a good one. A really good one. Call it a veteran move, I guess. Lady Gaga sang the national anthem and got great reviews. Uh, I didn't watch that either. Uh, some people said it was the best rendition ever. But I did um, check it out on YouTube. She did a nice job. Didn't overdo it and make it about her, which is what uh, too many entertainers like to do in situations like that. But sorry, uh, Lady Gaga, but you didn't come close to Whitney Houston at Super Bowl twenty-five in 1991. That is the best rendition of the Star-Spangled Banner of all times. So the big guy is uh, now officially president. All those conspiracy theories about um, Trump presenting massive evidence of fraud and staying in office are always going to be just that, conspiracy theories, even though I'll always believe that there was massive fraud. Maybe it'll come out later. Who knows? And so now that he's president, what should we expect from the big guy? Well, a while back, I talked to a guy who wrote a book called The Biden Deception. And I'll replay that interview when we come back, and I think you'll get a preview of what's to come. Stick around. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have 5 to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm John Steigerwald. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in the network. Isn't it time for a change? Well, stop the insanity and call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. 
Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30%. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. 724-884-1496. Wow. I think we can all agree that a lot went wrong in 2020. But you can start 2021 off right with a resolution to help protect your identity and personal info using LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. The sad truth is, one in five people have been a victim of identity theft. But LifeLock alerts you to potential threats to your identity. And they see more than you can when you just monitor your credit. Like your info for sale on the dark web. And if there's a problem, LifeLock's U.S.-based restoration specialists know the steps to take to help resolve your case. Of course, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock is the New Year's resolution that helps you protect what you've worked so hard for. Get 25% off your first year with promo code SMART at LifeLock.com. That's promo code SMART for up to 25% off at LifeLock.com. As life gets back to normal and we start heading back to work, don't leave your leftover stash of toilet paper exposed to rodents. Send them packing the most humane way with plug-in pest-free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free, the electromagnetic device that utilises the active wiring in your home or business to keep rodents and pests away. 100% chemical free and environmentally friendly. Just plug it in. It's that simple. My strongest performer, the Pro Unit, is good for most homes and small businesses up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair income. Is your home or business protected? If not, order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code SAVE20 for 20% off. That's gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Parents, let's be honest. Many high school and college-age kids seem to have little direction these days. That might be true for your son or daughter. They spend a lot of time gaming, hanging with friends, but nothing seems to lead them on a path to adulthood. You may want them to go to a four-year university, but their grades just don't warrant it. Their lack of passion and direction makes you wonder if a four-year university would even be a wise investment. Here's a better route to consider. The Full Stack Software Development Program from Steve Wozniak. Available through SalemCareerHub.com. They'll learn real-life work skills that are marketable and in high demand right now. And at SalemCareerHub.com, you can sign up for these courses at 50% off their regular price. Talk it over with your kids and get them out of the basement. They're probably as anxious as you are to move forward and just need a little push. The place to start? SalemCareerHub.com. You can also call 866-711-6275. 866-711-6275. Or SalemCareerHub.com. Warning. Listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The Answer. The big guy talked a lot about unity today. At least that's what they tell me. As I said uh, in the open, I, I didn't watch any of the coverage. I didn't want to catch COVID from all the slobbering by the media, including Chris Wallace, who, uh, in case you didn't know, called it the best inaugural speech he's ever heard. As I said, also, I'll, I'll catch the highlights. Meanwhile, now that we know he's the president for the next four months, I thought it would be a good idea to get another reminder of just who this new guy is. And back in September, I interviewed George Newmeyer, author of the book The Biden Deception, Moderate, Opportunist, or the Democrats' Crypto-Socialist. Listen, and you'll know what to expect. What qualifies someone as a crypto-socialist, and is Joe one of those? He is. Uh, a crypto-socialist is a, is a socialist who doesn't advertise that he's a socialist, and that's, okay. that's uh, Joe Biden. He, uh, he'd never call himself a socialist, but in fact, he subscribes to the redistributionist philosophy of socialism. He, he wants to raise taxes on the American people in the name of social equality. And that's, that's at the heart of socialism. Uh, that's, you know, the traditional understanding of taxation is to finance the legitimate functions of government. It's not to redistribute wealth. But for Biden, that is the case. That is his understanding of taxation. And in that way, he's very much like Bernie Sanders. 
Well, yeah, but his, has he just become recently like Bernie Sanders because he was pushed that way in the primaries and everything, or is he, has, he, has he been fading into that direction uh, recently, or has he always been there and been hiding it? Well, I mean, it, it certainly dates to his time as uh, uh, vice president under Obama. Um, you'll probably recall Obama telling Joe the plumber that uh, we should spread the wealth around. Uh, right. You know, that, that was his socialist rallying cry. And uh, Biden, that's Biden's view as well. Uh, he he uh, he's going. You know, he, he's uh, the traditional tax and spend Democrat. You know, and uh, in order to pay, in order to pay for the trillions of dollars he plans to spend on the Green New Deal and other programs, he's going to have to raise taxes on the middle class. Is anybody, including Biden, still trying to sell him as a moderate? Well, the the media is because the media wants him to poach uh, independents and liberal Republicans from from Donald Trump, and so they've been they've fostered the mythology of Biden as a moderate uh, because they see that to his, you know they they see that as um, being to his political advantage. But um, I don't think anybody's buying it anymore. Uh, as Donald Trump says, he's you know Biden has become a puppet of the far left, and I, I think. Uh, most most Americans now see him in those terms. So, but he's not doing a very good job of uh, of disguising himself anymore, is he? I no, mean, I know no, they I mean, like to say he's a moderate, but he's not. What, what's he doing to promote himself as a moderate? Uh, not much, actually. He spends most of his time pandering to the base of the Democratic Party, and his selection of Kamala Harris as his running mate only um, accentuates uh, his his. Uh, his status as a far left Democrat, you know, because she, uh, you know, she, she's in favor of Black Lives Matter. She's in favor of springing rioters from jail. Uh, together, they both hold very extreme views. Now, that was my next question. Uh, that he he backed himself into a corner by saying he was, was going to pick a woman and then a woman of color. So that kind of limited the possibilities. But he ended up choosing the most liberal senator in, uh, in the business. Right, right, yeah, yeah. He uh, he could have selected a moderate as his as his running mate, and, and he chose not to because he's you know completely beholden to the Bernie Sanders wing of the party. So to win Pennsylvania, especially here in Western Pennsylvania, and we've talked about this a lot here, um, he's going to have to win the blue collar vote. How can he stay uh, way out on the left on the environment, uh, which he has been, and uh, and accomplish that? How can he do that? Well, it's going to be difficult. I think it's going to catch up with him. And, you know, he, he's, he's uh, gone back and forth on the issue of fracking. You know, he's, he, at first he said he was against fracking. Now he says he's for it. Uh, but he's against fracking on federal lands. Uh, Kamala Harris is against fracking categorically. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's going to have a hard time. Uh, Biden has been very cavalier in his comments about coal miners. He, I don't know if you remember the time he... He told coal miners that they should become computer programmers. He said, you know, it'll be easy for you to learn code. Um, that kind of attitude, that kind of cavalier attitude is not going to sit well with people in the Rust Belt states. And um, uh, how does he expect to get the Catholic vote with his record on abortion? He, I actually saw a quote where he says he goes to Mass and, and, and uh, prays the rosary. And I'm not buying it, first of all, but I'm just, how, how does he reconcile the two? Being a, a devout Catholic, I mean we, that's been talked about a lot. But what does he what does he do to try to uh, to um, accomplish being able to sing it both ways and get away with it? Well, he really can't reconcile the two. Uh, you know, he's a Catholic in name only. Uh, he he rejects central teachings of the church. Uh, he he officiates at gay weddings. You know, which is a egregiously disobedient act for a Catholic to commit. Uh, he's completely in the tank for the abortion lobby of the Democratic Party, so it's really impossible for him to reach out to devout mass-going Catholics. The only Catholics he can really appeal to are Catholics who've left the faith, in, and um, you know maybe he can uh, appeal to them on on certain issues. But he's certainly not going to reach the pro-lifers who are in the pews. We're talking to uh, George Newmeyer. He's written a book about Joe Biden called "The Biden Deception." moderate, opportunist, or Democrats, crypto-socialist. So he was never a moderate, or was he? I mean, you know, he, he had to, in the primaries, he had to fight the other people on the debate stage 
about how he was not a moderate and that he wasn't um, more conservative uh, than they are. The rest of the group on the stage who were all liberals. Well, you know, he, he's a he's your classic opportunist in that he follows the party wherever it goes. So when the party in the 1990s under Clinton was more moderate, he was more moderate. And he during that period, he sponsored a, a crime bill. Uh, but as the party moved to the left, he moved to the left with it. And uh, so the only period of moderation in his during the course of his career was when the Democratic Party was more moderate uh, when you know Bill Clinton was trying to triangulate Newt Gingrich and the House Republicans. Um, mm-hmm. But really, apart from that, he's always been a, uh, a pretty much down the line liberal Democrat. And uh, what about his record on taxes and what what he's promising to do now? Well, yeah, I mean that I think that should concern the American people the most because you know the Trump tax cut was, was incredibly. Uh, good for the economy and good for the middle class. You know, it, it benefited the, the middle class um, largely. And uh, Biden intends to sweep that away. And he, he said on multiple occasions that the very first act he performs as president is to eliminate the Trump tax cut. And so we should expect under a Biden presidency, if it happens, an economy that begins to flounder. And you, you list what are, what are some of the things that, that uh, would happen uh, for people and their taxes uh, with Joe Biden as president. What are some of the details of his plan? Well, it's you know he he's he said that he's going to raise taxes by four trillion dollars. Um, mm-hmm. He he claims that it will only hit the uh, very rich, but that's very unlikely. Uh, you know, I don't think he can he can get to four trillion dollars by simply taxing the rich. Uh, and the Trump tax cut, if he intends to remove the Trump tax cut, that's certainly going to affect the middle class because. They were the primary beneficiaries of it. Uh, he has all this, you know, he has trillions of dollars in new spending proposed that, um, how is he going to pay for that? You know, he's going to have to pay for that by taxing uh, mo- the, the bulk of the taxpayers who fall into the middle class. Uh, one thing, that, that this may not be something that you covered in your book, uh, uh, but just in your research or just in your observations of him, does, and I mean, maybe he's different now at the age of 77 than he was at 57, but does he strike you as the kind of guy who could be easily um, controlled? Because that's the fear that people have is that he's a vessel and that he's, he's, uh, if he gets elected, he's going to be the, the face, but he's going to be he's – a, he's a puppet. And there will be people behind him pulling the strings, the, uh, the far-left uh, fringes of the, uh, of the Democrat Party. Yeah, he's signaled to the powers that be of the Democratic Party that he's willing to serve as what he calls a uh, a transitional figure, mm-hmm. and um, and and I think he also referred to himself once as a bridge, and uh, so I, I think he understands that his role is to is to serve as a kind of stalking horse or Trojan horse for the far left, and uh, it would not surprise me in the slightest if. Uh, he hands his presidency off to Kamala Harris uh, within a couple of years of his presidency, if it happens. I mean, like resign and do it, not, not wait till yeah. four years are up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think we're looking down the barrel of a Kamala Harris Harris presidency. Uh, you know, cause, you know, he's clearly uh, uh, in a pretty shaky condition already, and that's yeah. only going to get worse over the next couple of years. Yeah, they, they, he's going to be what seventy-eight on inauguration day, I think. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that makes him like eighty-one years old. His third year in, you know, halfway in, he'd be be turn, getting ready to turn eighty-one years old. He might be playing with blocks in the Oval Office. They might walk in and find him. I mean, he, they might have to cart him out of there. You know, yeah. Based, I'm yeah, not saying well, that because he's eighty-one, but because of what I've the way he's been acting at this point at seventy-seven. Right. Yeah. He's, um, you know, th- this was actually a criticism that was raised by the Democrats first last year. Uh, Andrea, as I document in my book, Andrea Mitchell and Cory Booker and some other Democrats and liberals, they noted that uh, Biden had lost his edge and that his mental fitness was rapidly declining. So this was actually raised by the Democrats first uh, before the Republicans even got around to making that criticism. And we're talking to uh, George Newmeyer. The book is called The Biden Deception, Moderate Opportunist or Democrats' Crypto-Socialist. Uh, a woman has come out and accused uh, Donald Trump, I think it was today, of sexually assaulting her uh, in 1997. And 
and, and when, in your research for the book, what did you find out about Joe and the way he treated people that uh, worked for him and women? Yeah, well, he um, he has a much longer uh, record than Trump does with with respect to uh, harassing women. You know, it goes back to the '80s, and uh, you know that there's still that Tara Reid accusation of sexual assault that's out there. She hasn't withdrawn it. And yeah. then there are just count, countless women who have complained about uh, Biden harassing them, you know, p- uh, being very handsy with them. Uh, mm-hmm. Those female Secret Service agents during the Obama years never wanted to be on Ob- um, Biden's detail because of his um, uh, practice of skinny dipping at the pool at the vice president's residence. So, you know, he's he's um, pretty creepy. And uh, that that I, I would say that that's one of the reasons, you know, that should be one of the reasons why. You know, he keeps saying that he's going to bring presidential dignity back to the White House. Well, he didn't display any during his vice presidency. Has he moved even further left, speaking of the presidency, than Barack Obama? He has, and, and he's even said that. He said that, you know, if he's elected, he'll be the most left-wing president ever. So I wow. think if, you know, a Biden presidency would combine the worst of the Obama years with the worst of the new Democratic Party uh, under the influence of Bernie Sanders and company. And uh, what about on immigration? Um, he's has he always been an open borders guy, or is that a, uh, has that been something he's switched to for convenience? Yeah, that that's another uh, position that he's taken more recently. Uh, yeah, he's uh, as the party became open borders, uh, so did he. Uh, so yeah, he's uh, and, and you know he said that. He's not going to deport anybody during the first hundred days of his administration. Uh, and uh, he's going to bring, you know, we, we should expect La Raza and other amnesty groups to come you know, into his administration. And uh, I, I think that's, you know, it's very alarming. Uh, all the gains that have been made under Trump will be wiped out uh, by Biden. It's pretty scary stuff. So, so what, uh, um, George, what gives him a better chance of being elected, do you think lying about being a moderate or going all in on the crypto socialism and just admitting that that's what he is, and you know, uh, or is he going to try to do both, depending on where he is? I guess. I think What's, yeah, he's going to probably try to do both, but he's also you know he's trying to win by default by simply hiding and letting the he wants the election to simply be a referendum on Donald Trump, and uh, so he's sort of staying out of the limelight as much as possible and hoping to win by default. And as you, uh, when you did your research on this book, and I always like to ask authors this, but you know, you've researched this guy. Um, was there any one thing that surprised you or shocked you that you found in, in, uh, putting together the book about him that you didn't know that maybe people didn't know? I mean, you know, the general thing of just being a phony and, and, uh, and the stuff that we know about him, but any, any specific things that you found that kind of shocked you? Well, you know, one of the odd things about Biden, Biden is that he holds himself out as this uh, great champion of middle class values and, you know, ordinary, the concerns of ordinary people. Uh, and, you know, he calls himself Scranton Joe. But uh, right. what I found is that he's, mu- he's much more like Hol- Hollywood Joe than Scranton Joe. And you can see that in his very outlandish position with respect to transgender issues. You know, he's, he's said that transgenderism is the greatest civil, issue, civil rights issue of our time. Yeah. And he wants to turn elementary schools into uh, social laboratories for transgenderism and the like. And so I, I found that kind of shocking that uh, he's gone so far to the left on those issues. And he's taking positions which previous Democrats would never have taken. What's really scary, George, is that this guy is the nominee for president uh, on the for the Democrat Party. Uh, this is not some guy running as a, you know, a fifth on, on not a third party, but a fourth or fifth party, all the things you described is a guy who's now mainstream for the Democrats. It's pretty scary, but uh, there he is. That's who's running. I just hope he doesn't win. I appreciate you coming on, and uh, good luck with the book. Thanks, George. Sure. Thanks for having me. Okay, that's George Newmeyer. The book is The Biden Deception, Moderate, Opportunist, or Democrats' Crypto-Socialist. He's a crypto-socialist. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Joe Biden has taken the helm as the 46th president of the United States. He used his inaugural address to urge people to come together. 
Biden declared that democracy has prevailed as he took the oath at the U.S. Capitol that had been battered by an insurrectionist siege just two weeks earlier. The push to inoculate Americans against the coronavirus hitting a roadblock, a number of states reporting they are running out of vaccine. People who managed to get appointments for the first dose are seeing them canceled. In consumer news, U.S. safety regulators investigating complaints that a Ford pickup truck tailgate recall did not fix the problem. Ford recalled the F-250, F-350, and F-450 trucks in 2019 because of those power tailgates opening while being driven. Stocks finished sharply higher. The Dow picked up 257 points today. The Nasdaq was up 260. This is SRN News. For some great news, if you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or more importantly, if you sign up for a plan that you're just not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare, and MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing program. It's been around for 25 years. They have more than 400,000 members now around the country. And get this, over the years, MediShare members have shared more than $2 billion of each other's medical bills, so they could help share your needs, too. And best of all, you could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is around 500 bucks a month. Your savings could be more or less, but think about what you could do with that extra money every month. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today. And check it out. There's no pressure. They're super easy to talk to. 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Mike Gallagher can see the plan. you got to understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to maximize the January 6th riots to now exact as much retribution and harm upon non-Biden supporters as humanly possible. And it's, a, it's, it's kind of breathtaking because it's right out in the open. They're not even trying to hide. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250. The answer. By now, you've heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape. Made in the USA. For a limited time, Mike is offering his premium MyPillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a standard queen premium MyPillow for $29.98. Originally $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a standard queen premium, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. This is the Entertainment Answer. Ready for one of the most beloved rivalries in history? I'm talking about Tom and Jerry, and they have a brand new full-length film. This hotel has been host to four presidents, three popes, two kings, and we're about to host the wedding of the century. We have a mouse problem. With the what now? <laughs> Rated PG in a mix of animation and live action, this one has all the hilarious Tom and Jerry antics we love. The new Tom and Jerry movie releases in February, and to watch a trailer, head over to theentertainmentanswer.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5, The Answer. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Some heavy delays on inbound 28. There is an accident near Chestnut Street. You're jammed back to 40th Street Bridge. Roughly a 10-minute delay. Also inbound, a crash at Fox Chapel Road. That's along with the construction on 28. That's between the Highland Park Bridge and Delafield Avenue. Parkway East looking a little congested inbound into the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Also outbound approaching the tunnel. In Penn Hills area, an accident. Frankstown Road at Duff Road. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. Clouds breaking tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 24. Mostly cloudy skies tomorrow. It'll be breezy, not as cold, with a high of 41. Mostly cloudy skies tomorrow night, the low 27. Mostly cloudy Friday, breezy and colder with snow showers. Friday, we'll see a high of 32. Saturday, sunshine in areas of low clouds with a high of 26. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. 
Well, in case you missed it, we uh, now have a female vice president. This should make all the feminists happy. Should. Especially when she becomes president in a year or so and the big guy proves he can't handle it. The feminists think men have way too much power and influence, and uh, men should apologize for that, of course. Janice Fiamengo is a professor of English at the University of Ottawa, an anti-feminist, and a commentator who advocates for men. She's also the author of a book called Sons of Feminism, Men Have Their Say. She joins us now. Janice, thanks for being here. Hi, John. Thank you very much for having me. I should mention that I'm retired now from uh, from the University oh. of Ottawa. I've been retired since uh, since last June. Oh, okay. Sorry about that, but I'm not sorry you're retired. Okay. I'm guessing you're not either, but that's... Uh, you're, just make it <laughs> correct that, okay. Um, I am so not you, sorry at all. I'm I'm quite happy to be out of the leftist echo chamber. Um, uh, yeah, we can talk about that. Um, but uh, you are a Canadian, and before we do anything, I have to ask you what's going on up there, okay? Uh, this has nothing to do with what I wanted to have you on the show to talk about, but I'm, I'm just going to um, ask you to uh, hang with me here on this. Here's the headline from a story in Simcoe, Ontario, from yesterday. Ontario mom fined $880 for leaving kids with grandparents while running errands. And that's not from the Canadian Onion. That's a real story. What's going on mm-hmm. up there, Janice? Well, what's going on is that the uh, the virus situation is being used in, to uh, justify very draconian measures to... Uh, to control and repress everybody in our society uh, as part of what our Prime Minister and, in fact, uh, Joe Biden himself have called the opportunity to bring about a great reset. And part of that involves scaring people into compliance, and those people who are not fully compliant will be fined and shamed and bullied into compliance. It's really a very very distressing thing scary and i read the it's the uh, open ontario act reopen ontario act and i read it uh yesterday and um they are fining people up to um a hundred thousand dollars actually more than that five hundred thousand dollars for violate for like for a company violating any of these stupid rules but an individual person can be fined a hundred thousand dollars and go to prison for a year and that what mm-hmm. this woman did was drop her kids off at her at her in-laws house and a, a, yep. a, a neighbor ratted on them yeah well it's it is terrifying and unsettling it's unsettling to see that neighbors are willing to rat on neighbors as you say uh, these fines are um, you know they're they're astounding uh, completely unnecessary um, the fact that the pandemic is affecting people very differently. Many people, of course, have not missed a paycheck, and those are the ones who are often very much in, in, in enthusiastic agreement about the necessity for these lockdowns. Other people, of course, their livelihoods have now been destroyed. Uh, they're facing the loss of everything that they worked for, especially small business owners. And, um, you know, yet we're told that we're all in this together and we're supposed to approve of such denial of of basic rights. Our churches have been closed since um, mid-March. Most churches have not been able to meet except virtually for the entire time, while um, over the summer, certainly, we had Black Lives Matter protests. Here we had people trying to pull down statues and do all the same things that you're very familiar with, and we had police allowing that to take place, even though it was specifically against uh, the, the COVID restrictions and orders. So the double standards, um, the uh, un- unjust repression, yet the favoring of certain groups with certain agendas uh, has been quite astounding. It's all very scary. And uh, just last thing, I'm guessing that the uh, survival rate up there is about the same as it is here, which is 99 points, I think, 8 percent. And if you're under 75, it's it. it, Well, if you're over 75, it might be a little less than that. But if you're under 75, it's 99.8. And they're arresting um, they're 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 having the police actually come and um, accost people. This woman and give her a citation yeah. for eight hundred eighty dollars because she dropped her kids off at her in-laws' yeah. house. I mean, I, it, you it's can't terrible. make this up. 
No, it's terrible. I mean, there have been cases there all on video of, of for instance, in Alberta, uh, young young men and boys out playing hockey uh, yep. on ice rinks and, you know, being wrestled to the ground and threatened with being tasered by, by police. And they were outside, you know, trying to get a little bit of exercise, but, you know, that's not permissible. We've had families wanting to toboggan on ski hills in uh, the Toronto area with ski hills are all closed. So they thought they could have a bit of fun tobogganing, but no, the police were there to stop that as well. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. I'm not an expert certainly, but uh, it seems as if the, um, the death rate has not particularly increased as far as I can tell. And most of the people who have died have been very, very elderly people with various comorbidities, as is the case, you know, pretty much everywhere, I think. And so all of these lockdowns, it's not clear at all that they're doing any good, and they're certainly doing a great deal of harm, it seems, um, contributing to economic despair and all sorts of other problems, preventing people from going to the emergency room because they're afraid to go. And so who knows, you know, how many people have had, well, cancer treatments, uh, deferred because of hospital closures, uh, you know, all, were unable to see their doctor about various problems or afraid to see their doctor. I mean, we'll be uh, assessing the health ramifications of, of all these measures for years to come, and I suppose nobody will take responsibility for what seems like a case of terrible overkill. We're talking to Janice Fiamengo. She's an anti-feminist, a commentator who advocates for men, and the author of Sons of Feminism, Men Have Their Say. So, uh, uh, Janice, how does a woman qualify as an anti-feminist? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I, 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 would, I suppose people would expect me to say that I'm a feminist if feminism is really about gender equality, which is what we hear over and over again. But um, I would argue that feminism has never been about gender equality and that it certainly is not now. Uh, what it is about is about female supremacism and it's about blaming and demonizing men as a collective group for the purported sins of their fathers. Uh, and it's about a view of history that completely denies all of the good and the self-sacrificing good that men have, have made and have done in building civilization, it denies all that in order to blame all men collectively for um, the, you know, the bad deeds of a few. Uh, and it pretends that all men are perpetrators, that all men benefit from patriarchal oppression, and that all women are innocent victims. And that is simply false. And it's a, a very, very damaging view of the world and leads to all sorts of problems, not least of which is increasing suspicion and mistrust between men and women. So um, I'm, I'm against all of that. <laughs> yeah, well, a feminist, uh, feminine supremacy, that's a term I haven't heard before. That's a, that's a pretty good description. Yeah, well, certainly the idea that everything good in the world comes from women <laughs> yeah. and everything bad in the world comes from men, I think that's very much part of feminist orthodoxy. I think that's what most most children are taught in school, and it's what most feminists believe, either implicitly or explicitly. So um, uh, are there any aspects of modern feminism that you're okay with? Uh, well, I'm certainly okay with the idea that nobody should be prevented from um, you know, from pursuing their gifts and from uh, contributing their talents to society, nobody should be prevented from doing that by gender stereotypes. So th there are women who perhaps want to become, let's say, firefighters. And if they have the ability to do so, if they have the physical strength that is necessary to fulfill that very demanding role, then I'm all for it, but I'm not in favor of lowering standards so that, um, you know, that profession can claim that it is making strides towards gender equality. I don't believe in equal representation as a value in itself, but I certainly believe in equal opportunity for everybody. 
Yeah, so I'm I I'm not going to be thrilled if uh, if I'm injured and I'm in a building as it's burning and can't get up. If a 120 pound woman comes in and 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 fails at trying to get me out, but I should be happy that she had a job as a firefighter. That's you know, uh, give me someone who can get me out of there. I guess is what you're saying. Mm-hmm, yeah, and we have now we have now reached the stage in our society where um, simply to affirm that there are physical differences on average between men and women and that most women do not have the strength that men have to perform certain types of jobs or tasks, to affirm that is now seen as sexist discrimination. And I think that is outrageous. That can be laid at the foot entirely of feminist ideology, and we should all be opposing that every day of our lives because it's really scary. Well, did did feminism start out as a good thing and uh, then evolve into something not so good? And uh, and I guess what you're saying is actually counterproductive. Well, I mean that's a very complicated question. I um, when I did my PhD in uh, English literature, I actually studied uh, women writers of the 19th century, including uh, female journalists and women who who participated in the. Uh, what's called the first wave of feminism. And, you know, some of them, they certainly did have some legitimate points to make. Uh, many of them wanted women to to carry an equal burden of citizenship by having, for instance, voting rights. But there was always an element of very angry anti-male grievance that came along with these women's legitimate claims And it was always the case that these feminists were more interested in women taking on the privileges and the rights of men and far less interested in in, um, participating in the sacrifices of men. So, for instance, in the United States, where the right to vote was always um, coupled with the obligation to serve one's country and to potentially be seriously wounded or to die for one's country in the time of war, mm-hmm. feminists were not at all interested in women being drafted to fight in combat. They never have right. been. And that's mm-hmm. the same in all across the Western world. So most feminists are quite happy to see men going off to, to fight in war, but they want to have the same rights as men when it comes to voting and other privileges of citizenship. And that, to me, really uh, sums up the hypocrisy of the feminist movement, even in its earliest incarnation. So three years ago, you wrote the book, uh, Sons of Feminism, Men Have Their Say. What did men tell you three years ago? Yeah, well, <laughs> they told me a lot of things. Um, it's, that, that is a, it's a collection of personal essays by men. There are 22 essays in the collection, and um, they range from uh, some horrific stories about men who were uh, falsely accused of sexual assault, uh, men who have had their uh, children taken away from them uh, due to a false accusation uh, in acrimonious divorces, uh, and they also range um, to the less horrific stories, just of men feeling that no matter what they do, they are always in the wrong. There's a story about a man who um, simply an ordinary guy who, whose deepest desire is to uh, form a family, to get married, to, to cherish a wife and children. And he, he talks about his experience at university and the onslaught of demonization and um, you know negative stereotyping that he experienced from feminist academics, and he recounts one funny story of opening a door for a woman uh, who then proceeded you know to to berate him <laughs> about his patriarchal assumption and in, in performing this small act of kindness. And so over and over again, the men in that book talk about feeling that uh, there's been a, a war declared against them, and that men have never really fought back, uh, and that men have have hoped that by accepting feminist demands and by showing their goodwill towards these demands, that the war would finally come to an end, but feeling that that never happens. In fact, it it keeps ramping up. And so I found many of the stories really very touching and, and disturbing, and I hope some women might have their hearts 
opened by by reading them, and some men might be uh, might be strengthened in seeing that they're not alone in in feeling this way. So I have something I want to run by you, and I, and I hope I I, I'm, uh, I do a good job of asking this question. Um, when when I look at when I see what happens in the Middle East, uh, the way women are treated there, the burkas, the, the you know, every, I don't have to explain to you what happens to women in in Muslim countries. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that a sign of how bad it could be for women if men wanted it to be? In other words, do do me, Western men get enough credit for not taking advantage of their physical strength, uh, their their advantages in physical strength? Uh, and uh, and and I hate to use the word allowing, but allowing women to have the the quality that they do have when it's obvious from what happens in some societies that if men wanted to be the way they are in uh, in in the middle Middle East, they could do it all over the world. I I agree with you. I don't think men do get enough credit uh, for the uh, you know extremely uh, generous and uh, lenient attitudes that. Men have taken in the West. The men in the West have created uh, societies that are extremely supportive of women. And the crazy thing is that um, feminists in general, especially academic feminists, are much more likely to give um, men in the Middle East a pass for their bad behavior than to commend Western men for their tolerance and their enlightened attitudes. And the fact is that, yes, um, if, if men wanted a different kind of society, a, a, a very brutal one, well, there wouldn't be very much women could really do about it. So if women insist on claiming that there is a war on women here in North America, men could show them what a real war on women looks like. And in fact, if women continually demonize, especially young men, tell them that they're no good, that they're marginal, that they're unnecessary, that their sex is obsolete, that they're not wanted, that they're useless, that they're toxic, that they're oppressive, etc., uh, well, they're likely eventually to produce some kind of you know, potentially quite malevolent backlash. I certainly hope and trust that we won't probably see that because most men, despite 50 years of vilification in the West, really want nothing, <laughs> nothing other than peace with, with women. And I think it's a real testament to men's um, patience and civility and love for women. And the vast, vast majority of men really do love women and want the best for them. Uh, it's a testament that more men have not been turned bitter and vindictive by uh, the really hostile feminist rhetoric that we've seen for so many decades. Um, I only have I have less than a minute here, Janice, uh, uh, and I'm up against a break. How are we men going to do now that Joe Biden and the uh, liberal Democrats are in charge? That is a whole other story. Um, <laughs> Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are both very anti-male. Biden is the author of the Violence Against Women Act of 1994. And, of course, he was the primary enforcer of the 2011 Dear Colleague letter, which forced universities to prosecute men accused of sexual misconduct uh, at penalty of losing their federal funding. I mean, he's done nothing good for men in his many, many years as a politician, as a senator, as vice president. Kamala is uh, an ideologue of the ideologues and even worse, probably. So I don't foresee that this is going to be an administration that cares about men as a group or is fair towards them. Hey, Janice, I'm out of time. Janice Fiamengo, I really appreciate you coming on. Really good stuff there, uh, and hope to have you on again. Thank you. Would love to. Thank you very much, John. Okay, and we'll be right back. Some home repairs just can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. Well, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters, and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. 
A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew, so don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial, aluminum, wood, and composite. And to show their appreciation to stag fans everywhere, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this show. Get 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off. Backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Before we go, breaking news from the Babylon Bee. Shortly after being sworn in Wednesday, Joe Biden looked down and saw his shadow predicting just six weeks of being president of the United States. Biden briefly emerged from his basement to attend his inauguration, (laughs) where he saw the shadow, declared he would be president for just six weeks, and then returned into hibernation to await his fate. Well, looky here, he said, pointing at the faintest outline of a shadow on the ground. Looks like I'll have about six weeks in office. Biden said he is looking forward to executing his plans for the nation from napping and calling a lid to puttering about the White House and trying not to get assassinated by Kamala Harris. That's <laughs> the Babylon Bee, breaking news. They're on top of this stuff. They're going to be watching for four years. Uh, you got to love it. Uh, so I, I, as I said in the beginning, I, um, I didn't watch any of the inauguration. I, I just, I, you know, it's weird for me because I'm doing, a, I'm doing a, a talk show here where I talk about this stuff, and I just don't feel like I'm missing anything when I miss things, uh, like the inauguration and, and even some of the debates. It's also predictable. I had no interest in his speech. It's much easier to, to watch the highlights and get, pick up the highlights of the speech after it's over with. And I just I can't take the slobbering. I mean, it's going to get it, – it, I knew it was going to be bad. It's going to be terrible for four years, but it was at a peak today, the inauguration. Maybe he'll do enough bad things that there will actually have to be some criticism down the road, but I'll believe it when I see it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening today. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of The Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.